I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today with us for a second time we have Roberta Hughes. This is the second episode, so in a part. one and part two if you haven't heard the part one please go make sure you listen to that because we're talking about self care and we're looking at different different habits that we can cover in understanding how do we take care of ourselves what is the importance of taking care of ourselves and how do we perform better once we've actually started putting in these self care practices so enjoy the podcast so you would have had clients that are you know typical type a people very very logical you know and and you tell them about meditation and like oh that is just like fluffy stuff i don't do such things right how do you talk to them how do you bring this up and and convince them the thing that i have learned with type a people is they want to perform and succeed right and I now describe meditation to them the same way they would train a muscle. So maybe they're a runner or maybe they are wanting to do a 5k or a marathon. You know, type A people tend to be very driven. So the same way they learned the skill of running, for example, the first time they ran, they did not run a marathon. they had to learn how to run a mile and then they had to learn how to pace that mile and add more on top of it to build up to a marathon meditation is the same way it's a muscle that you're training you're training your brain to come back over and over again it takes patience and it takes practice and it is possible so you almost gamify the process for them right yes. it's just like 1 minute now but next minute next time you're going to go 2 minutes and you're going to like wear your garmin watch and see how far you can meditate i love that well and i try not to create that for them if they create that for themselves you know i i would say if 1 minute a day is what you can do be happy with that and make it a habit make it a routine make it a ritual i love those three the way you outlined them Thank you. I think structure is so important in in these kinds of thoughts, right? It just puts yes. things in perspective. Brilliant. So meditation again is a fantastic self care practice, like you were saying. Something that you should do at least start with a minute a day, right? And start from there and see how it progresses. Mm-hmm. Don't think about on the weekend I will meditate for seven minutes instead of one minute. That is not what we want. We want that consistency of one minute, one minute, one minute, one minute daily. Yes. Brilliant. All right. What else would you tell people to start thinking about in terms of self-care? This is so interesting. I love using a planner because we do need to get our thoughts out of our brain. Mm-hmm. And I now actually have two planners. I have one planner that's only work, so it's everything that I need to remember, I need to organize, I set my goals. And then I have the planner that I use in the evening that is more coloring, journaling, celebrating the things that I did well that day. Most people tend to look at what wasn't accomplished and mm-hmm. I used to do this in my planner. I would look at all of the boxes I didn't check and I would feel like I didn't do well that day, like a failure. I would forget to celebrate the things that I did. So celebrating your successes is part of self-care because having a positive way to end each day moves you into the next day with a more confident open-minded perspective. Roberta, we're going to definitely spend a lot of time on this celebration as part of self-care. Okay. But I want to understand how a planner has become part of self-care. Like planner is part of work, right? How how does a planner become part of self-care? Yes, because if the 
thoughts are stored in your brain and you're trying to remember, or they're only stored on your cell phone. So you're having to scroll your cell phone to figure out your life. Again, it gets you away from the digital. It gets a pen in your hand. It gets your brain connected to a piece of paper. And on that paper, you can see things more visually. So I like to look first at my whole month. What are what are the things that are expected of me? What am I saying yes to? What is my time looking like? And then each week I go through the week and add a few things each day that will get me closer to that month's perspective. So I can see progress and having progress is something that keeps us feeling successful, supported, and less thoughts in our mind of negativity. Like I'm not doing this or I didn't get that done. You can actually see on paper okay, I completed this. I'm going to move this to another day. You can organize things so that you're providing a more successful experience for yourself and how you work each day. You know, um, I had some people write in the other day saying that I have a planner. I have a to-do list. And every time I look at my planner and I look at my to-do list, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I'm not doing anything. Yes. I was one of those people. And I have been practicing very intentionally for the last year, how can I reverse this? Um, Because my planner was stressing me out. I Mm -hmm. would look at all of the things that I said yes to. And then I realized that I'm the architect of my own time. So if I said yes to all of these things, were my expectations unrealistic? And it can visually show you, like, if you're consistently not checking off all of the things on your to-do list, your to-do list is too long. So that would be a cue to break it up into smaller pieces. And that's the practice that I'm very intentional about now. At the beginning of the week, I write down all of my to-dos and then I sprinkle them on, you know, a few on each day throughout that week and putting the top three first. So I'm definitely going to focus on these three. And then in the other column, these are the things that I would like to do but I give myself permission to be okay with not getting them all done and moving them to a time where it makes more sense. So a couple of things to deconstruct. The first and most important thing is that do not create a to-do list. Instead, create a to-do schedule, right? I think as soon as you create a A to-do schedule, schedule. Mm -hmm. that's when life changes because then you don't feel that sense of overwhelm because you can actually see a plan forming. Earlier on, you just see a list and you get overwhelmed. Now you see a plan and you say, all right, maybe I can do this. I can do this. Let me try. Right. And you can go through those processes. So a to-do schedule is is critical. The other thing you mentioned was you have separate lists, right? If I get time, I will get to this particular list, right? Otherwise, these are the things that are essential. Do you have different um, categories that you create for yourself? in terms of the tasks? So I have my big three. Okay. And the big three are from the beginning of the month. So those are really big. And then each week I look at what three things that week will help me achieve the overall. And then each day, it's another piece of that pie. What three things each day will get me to complete these three things for the week. So So it tells you your brain where to focus. So three broad things for the month, yes. then three things for the week, and then three things for the day. Is that, Did I get that right? Yes. All right. And you Perfect. simplified it so much better than I did. <laughs> so, so, so you're basically you're chunking it down into threes. I think three is a fantastic way for the mind yes. to grasp um, yes. things. 
So three, body, three. mind, and spirit, right? The, there you the... go and just break up <laughs> each each to do into that. You to figure yeah. out where grocery shopping goes. Is it body, mind, or spirit? Sometimes mm. debatable. <laughs> All right, lovely. that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but then the other thing that I want to put out there is things like grocery shopping errands. Like, is there someone who could help? Asking for help is a big piece of this. Do you have to do everything on your list all by yourself? Can you ask someone to do something for you? How do you go about asking for help? Especially people are like, you know, I'm independent. I can do everything. And, and you know, uh, uh, like you were saying earlier, you went through that, right? You had to yes. do everything by yourself. How did you ask for help? How did you find people to help you? I'm, I'm still a work in progress here because I, I do put a lot of pressure on myself that if this is my to-do list, I need to do it all. And then I'm grouchy. I'm unhappy. The relationships in my home suffer. So when I see the effects of trying to do it all by myself, it encourages me to ask for help. My oldest son still lives here with me and I live with my significant other. So I've started asking them, especially with the errands, because they get out and about more than I do. Will you pick this up? Will you do the grocery shopping? Will you? And it has really helped. It's taken a lot of the stress and pressure off of me. So let's break it down. So what was the hesitation for not asking them earlier? And did their reaction surprise you when you asked them? So I missed the first part of the question. Would you repeat it, please? Sure. What was the hesitation for not asking them earlier? Like, why were you, why were you hesitant about yeah. asking them? Like, you know, should I tell them to do the grocery shopping? Should I not? Uh. It didn't even cross my mind. Like mm. I said, it's my to-do list. I'm responsible for it. And I need to get these things done. That was how my brain saw, saw it. It was my list. I needed to do it. It didn't even consider the idea of, well, there are people who could help. <laughs> and, and, and when you asked them, and, and did their reaction surprise you when they said yes? Or, uh, or was it... Expected. It wasn't a surprise. It was more like, oh, they said yes. And mm. it wasn't terrible. Like I can actually ask and it's okay. And it, it still is a practice because I still catch myself looking at my list and looking at all of the things that I need to do and then forgetting, well, who could help? So now I just ask myself, who could help? And I put a little initial next to the person that I'm going to ask. So that's now on my to-do list. Like if it's my son, there's a little C for his name. And it's it's been working well. It's become more of a game. Yeah, you know, especially people who take care of the home, have have children and are rushing around. As soon as you realize that you can ask this question and actually execute on it, it is a it's a game changer, you know? Yes. Especially here. There's a, there's a deep sense of I'm being lazy if I ask for help or I am not doing my duty if I ask for help. Those are the kinds of emotions that people typically feel here when, when I discuss this with them. And you, you don't need to, and you need to realize that that's not laziness when you ask for help or it's not, okay. not doing your duty when you ask for help. It is about saying that I am going to achieve so much more by outsourcing this. Yes. And that is the way to start thinking about it, saying that life is going to become more efficient. We're going to achieve far more than what we would do if it was just me doing this. And then you suddenly realize that you can do more. So, And asking for help really encourages the building of relationship with others. And we all need those relationships to feel supported, to feel nourished, to feel complete. So we can do so much by ourselves, but then being in relationship with others will help us feel even more well-rounded and at peace. That's true. When you ask for help, the, the relationship strengthens as a result. Yeah. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. 
Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. All right, so coming back to the uh, point that I said that we're going to talk about later, which is celebration. celebrations. Yes. How do ce- how do you celebrate? I can't for the life of me figure out how to celebrate victories and wins that I have in my life. How how should we celebrate? At the end of each day, I sit down and I make myself write down all of the things that I accomplished. Mm-hmm. What did I finish? What did I do? And that's my celebration. And when I first started this, it was interesting how my brain wanted to look at the things that I didn't complete, the things that were still left unchecked on my list. So I put that planner away and I have a different planner um, where I either do my gratitude practice and I'm thankful and write down sentences of gratitude for people and experiences that enriched me that day. And then I also look at what did I do well and celebrate that because without knowing what I'm doing well, I'm always moving from a place of lack, from not being enough, from failure, from I didn't get it done. And that puts stress and pressure on a person. This reminds me of how we look at our blood test reports. You know, when our blood test reports come in, we quickly look for all the parameters that are wrong, right? We might have 30 of them that are perfect and you are spot on. We don't see those. We just look at those four that have, oh my God, I have hyped this or I have low this. Right? Yes. And vitamin D is low for everyone. So just like, <laughs> you might need to get that. Everyone needs place. vitamin D. Everyone needs vitamin D. So it's important for us to realize that why are we not high-fiving for all the things that were in check and that are technically wins in our life? Yes. And no matter how small, we need to celebrate the small things because they are significant. All of those things, need to be recognized so that our brains start to see things from a more positive perspective. Do you have different ways of celebrating? Like, do you have small celebrations, medium celebrations, large celebrations? How, 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 how do you celebrate? Right now, it really is just writing them down on paper and reading them. So I, I'm working on this also because for me, the celebration is just the act of acknowledgement. Um, maybe I need to work towards having a little party for myself. <laughs> I realized this because I was doing some fantastic things. So like recently I gave my first TEDx talk, right? I was like, yay, celebrate. And then I didn't know what to do. Like in my head, I'm saying celebrate, but like now what, right? And the, the, and the crazy thing about our mind is that once we finally achieve something that we've been looking forward to and, and it goes off well, our mind immediately goes, okay, so now what next? Exactly. Yes. It's never enough, right? It's never enough. So maybe the celebration is this is enough. Mm. I am enough. This is enough. I'm enough. Pause. Give yourself that moment. And then breathe it in, breathe it in, feel it. So the celebration is feeling it. Absolutely. I think celebration is a very, very overlooked thing when it comes to self-care and Um, You know, I know many people who would be listening to this saying that, but there's nothing to celebrate in life. Life sucks, right? And I'm saying that you can always find a few things to celebrate. I know people who just can't get out of bed, right? If you manage to get out of bed today and brush your teeth, that's a celebration. That's a moment for celebration. So you break it down into something as as, as whatever win or something that you did that you had set yourself out to do, you know, Find those moments and figure out how you can celebrate those. Maybe tell somebody or say, yes. And I think both celebration and gratitude kind of go hand in hand. And there are days where I'll sit down and I'll just stare at the paper. And it's like, I can't think of one thing, Hmm. not one thing to be grateful for, not one thing to celebrate. 
And I'll just wait. And once you write down that one thing, even if it's, I'm grateful to see the sun shining, it's amazing how that begins to flow. It starts having the brain look at other points of gratitude. So even if it is, I got out of bed, I brushed my teeth, I made the bed. Maybe that was huge for you today because you weren't able to get out of bed yesterday and you did today. We, we talked a little bit about comparison earlier, and I think comparison is part of this conversation. Because if you say there's nothing to celebrate, what is your expectation of celebration? Could you celebrate that you made your cup of tea and you sat down and you just felt the warmth of the cup and you enjoyed that sip? That's a celebration, right? To be so present and connected to that one moment. Anytime we can do that, it should be celebrated. Yeah. So maybe altering your expectations of what is celebration worthy in your life. Every moment really is a celebration. That is so critical. We wait for the big things to celebrate, right? We wait for a birthday, we wait for a new year, we wait for this, we wait for that. But every moment can be a celebration if you understand, okay. like you said, the gratitude in that moment, the joy yes. in that moment. Things could be far worse. Thank God yes. they're not. Yes. Then if you can understand that little element of it, you think there's a moment to celebrate right there. Yes. Beautiful. So we've understood the concept of, you know, we've done, gone through meditation, we've gone through planning, we've gone to understanding and celebrating that day at the end. What are some of the other practices that you can sprinkle in to, you know, really take care of yourself and give yourself the best possible chance of, you know, being healthy, happy, and all those beautiful feelings? I think creating a bedtime ritual is something that a person can do to help initiate a good night's sleep, to help mm -hmm. the brain decompress and unwind at the end of the day. Some practices that would be included in a ritual might be brushing your teeth. There are practices like dry brushing that can be very nourishing and help calm the body. Can you explain dry brushing? Dry brushing, you use a brush, um, a bristle brush. Mm -hmm. And it's usually about the size of your hand. Some of them have little handles um, or straps where you can just put your hand inside mm -hmm. and you stroke upward on your skin towards your heart. And it helps to move lymph. It helps to just soothe the body and calm the mind. So again, it's using your hands. So you're connected to your, the movement of your hands and your brain has something to focus on. Like I'm doing upward strokes. And I'm preparing for bed. Lovely. I just wanted to um, bring bring that to you know the point across because you mentioned brushing your teeth and dry brushing at the same time. So okay. I was just like, you don't dry brush your teeth. Dry brush. Don't dry first. brush your teeth. So brush. <laughs> so a bedtime ritual may be that you go into your bedroom, you put your cell phone on, do not disturb, silent, airplane mode, whatever it is you want to do. You leave it out of the bathroom, and then you go in the bathroom, you brush your teeth, maybe you wash your face, do some dry brushing. What are the things that you like to do to take care of your skin, to take care of your body? Do you like to take a bath at night? Maybe you like to have bedtime tea. What are the things that you can put into that bedtime routine to let yourself know that it's time to calm down and relax and rest because our bodies need rest in order to do all of the things that we want them to do. And I love to do, because I am a yoga person, 
what I call legs up the wall. Mm -hmm. And I don't usually do this as part of my bedtime routine, but I'll do it midday when I feel like I've been on the go and I just need a little break. And I just put my legs up the wall, set a timer for five minutes, and my whole body relaxes and calms down. Fantastic. I, I love the legs on the wall as a as an idea. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way of relaxing the entire body and your legs because you're on them all throughout the day. Yes. Brilliant. It's my favorite. So, so setting a nighttime routine, I think, is is critical. And I think that's a great way to end your day and your and, and, and your self-care practice as well. Mm-hmm. Do you do all these things every single day? I do all of these things, but not every single day. So I haven't become rigid into, I have to get all of these into the day. So within a week, I'll get all of these things in. Some days they happen, some days they don't. And it's really based on my schedule and where I know I can fit time in. And when you started doing this, what change did you feel in your life? I feel more at peace because I feel like I have a rhythm and our brains really respond to rhythm. So when our brain is stimulated, we feel out of rhythm, out of balance because the mind is kind of bouncing all over the place. It brings you into a more centered place of focus and at peace. So rhythm and peace. Rhythm, peace. I think those are the things that, that help. And like we said in in the start of this podcast, you have to make time for this because if you don't, something's going to break, right? And there's no point having something break and then trying to repair it, moving back, learning yes. from a, from from an injury. Instead, might as well start putting this into practice and then growing from there. Yes, it takes twice as long to reverse the damage than to start changing it before the damage has been done. Absolutely. Roberta, I absolutely loved our conversation today. I did Um, too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can people get in touch with you? How can people continue this conversation with you? So I have a website. It's called Peaceful Living. Full has two L's and it's peacefulliving.com. I'm also on Instagram at Roberta underscore Peaceful Living. And I'm always available by email by direct message on those formats. And I love to help people and give them ideas. So just like we spoke about today, you know, you brought up an idea and then I shared something that might be helpful. That's, that's where I am excited and have a lot of passion. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming. Love the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a wonderful way to begin my day and for you, hopefully to end your day. Absolutely. Now it is time for my nighttime routine as well. All right. (laughs) Superb. All right. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or IVMpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashton Doc on Twitter and Instagram. We have a brand new habit coaching online course, quizzes, videos, and a lot more on the website awesome180.com. So check it out now.